Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Yes, it is the Unsportsmanlike crew, along with Michelle Smallman. Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you in for Greeny today. Normally, you can listen to us each and every morning, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio. On the day after, Victor Wembanyama officially becomes a professional basketball player. And did a pretty good job last night. Not great, but pretty good. Well, the only reason it wasn't great is because we didn't see him on the floor that long. He played 23 minutes because of foul trouble. So, there's that part of it. But in what I saw... Victor Webinyama, good at basketball, confirmed. Confirmed, yeah. Because of the foul trouble, he wasn't able to get into to the rhythm we were hoping for him to get into. But, guys, I just look at this guy, and he's a unicorn. I'm worried that the expectations are too high, but I'm already there. I'm buying into all the hype. Already too high. Well, Why would they be already too high? What, what's, what's scaring you off about the expectations being too high? Small? Because we're talking about this guy after one game as potentially being one of the all-time greats. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what we did? Well, we're not doing it because of the one game, right? We're not talking about him as an all-time great because he had one great game. We're talking about him as an all-time great, CC, because we've never seen anyone do what he's done before, and there is no comp for this man. No, there isn't, but we're also talking about him as an all-time great because all-time greats and people that have been covering basketball for a living say that this dude is going to be one of the best players who have ever lived. He's 7'5", and when you see him on the court, the movement skills, the skill set on the offensive end, and what he brings to the table on the defensive side of the court, it's just we've never seen this in one player in the NBA. I mean, last night when he was on the court, the average distance for shots for the Dallas Mavericks was 17 feet away. When he was off the court, the average distance was 14 feet away. The average uh, percentage of shots from the paint – was 35% when he was on the court for the Dallas Mavericks. The average shot attempts from the paint for the Dallas Mavericks when he was off the court jumped up to 50%. So it's clear that he's having an impact on the defensive end, and we saw that early in the first quarter on their way to scoring 43 points uh, over the, on, on the Dallas Mavs in that first quarter. So to me, what Victor Webanyama was able to show in limited time was something that is unique, and it's – the combination of the skill set with the organization that he got drafted by, which is why everybody's so optimistic about what he can become. So when you look at his overall night last night and you think about the emotions that go into it, do you have any recollection, CC, of your NFL debut the night before and then the day of your first NFL game? With no, Cowboys? I can't remember it. It was so long ago, Ev. I don't <laughs> want to date myself. But I will say this. That was memorable for me because I had never seen it before. The way that he was crossing up Derek Lively at the three-point line, pulling it up and shooting it in his face – that's unbelievable. Or, or catching the ball in the low post and then being able to face up and hit a mid-range jumper. Those are the types of things that you have to mark as special. Catching the ball on the wing, catch and shoot opportunity, and draining a three, that's special. We don't see seven-footers doing it that way. I get that you want to point to other guys like Kevin Durant and like Christoph Porzingis, but this dude, Webby, is on another level. And that's how we have to view it. Just what he brings to the table defensively. He doesn't have to be the on-the-ball defender to get the block shot on the perimeter. That's how special he is. That's how much ground he covers. When they're on the defensive side of the court in half-court sets, this dude is like having an extra defender, an extra player on the court. It's like playing six-on-five. That's how much range he covers. That's how special he is as a talent. And, And 
and that's what's going to make the Spurs must-watch TV this season, even though I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. I also love how other NBA players are not only being asked about Wemby, but their response to him. Like last night after the game, Luca was asked about him, and he was talking about how amazing it is to see him move and how we haven't seen anything like this. He says he moves like a point guard almost. It's pretty amazing to see him. He's going to have a great future, and it's going to be amazing to watch. So even his peers are looking at Wemby and saying, I haven't seen anything like this before, and it's going to be amazing to watch him develop. You know what's unbelievable is we're sitting here. I'm looking at the distance between CeCe and you and I, Smalls, and I'm wondering, basically, I don't have, I don't happen to have a tape measure. I didn't bring a tape measure over from yeah. the Unsportsmanlike studio to the Greeny studio, but basically the length we're at is probably close to the length of his arm. <laughs> yeah. And we are not that close to each other right now, and he could probably alter a shot three feet away from him. I mean, that, that is ridiculous to think – that he could do that. Brian Windhorse, ESPN NBA insider, was on with us on Unsportsmanlike yesterday, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, and discussed Wembenyama's rookie year. If anything that's happened this preseason, the Spurs, who sort of came into the year with their backup trying to protect their guy, like Popovich even said, like, he's done so good that I'm kind of letting him go a little bit. Victor honestly believes he's going to do great. He's like, I think I'm ready, and I kind of agree. Now, what I will say is this. I don't think the Spurs are good. So... <laughs> Doing great. What do I stick the landing? Right. Well, I don't think the Spurs are good. But he, they don't have to be for him to be great, right? right. I mean, and that's that's the conversation here. And Screeny here presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Filling in for Greeny, ESPN app, Sirius XM 80 on your smart speaker as well. When we set these expectations, I'll put it at 10 years in the league, one title, one MVP. Do we feel like he can surpass those expectations? Yeah, I mean, if he's going to be in the conversation for all-time, great. We're talking about multiple titles and multiple MVPs, right? If you look at the top 10 all-time in NBA history by pretty much everybody's standard, those players have those types of accolades. And so I think for Wemby, that should be the bar. And looking at the San Antonio Spurs track record when it comes to big men that were taken first overall – you would think that, that that is a reasonable expectation. It's a functional franchise. They got David Robinson to realize his full potential, win multiple championships. You got Tim Duncan realize his full potential, win multiple championships. There's no reason to think that Greg Popovich and that Spurs organization wouldn't able to do the same with Wemby. And the thing that gives me uh, a lot of encouragement is the village around him. You, you've got David Robinson there. You've got Tim Duncan there. You've got Manu Ginobili there. You've got Tony Parker there, a guy that's from France that Wemby has had a relationship for a long time. I, I just think with all of those key actors around him, he's going to have the support staff to be there to help him figure out what he doesn't already know and make himself a better basketball player. So this is a guy from a sports character standpoint that hasn't showed us anything that would make us feel like we couldn't trust him. And this is an organization that hasn't showed us anything that makes us think we couldn't trust them with a talent like Wendy. It's almost unfair to him what we're doing to him after one game. But if we're going to talk about him in the most rarefied air is comparing him to the Michael Jordans or the LeBron James, it's it's got to be, what, at least two, at least three rings, right? I mean, that should be kind of the floor if that's so, where we're going to put him. And I know that that is so unfair. I know it is, it's a team game. We're talking about one game that this young man has played in. But if we are going to put him in that category eventually – 
This is what we do as sports fans. Like, he's going to have to reach that threshold for us to be able to put him in that conversation. Well, here's the thing. Fair is a place where the judge pigs at. So I ain't worried about whether or not the expectations are fair. But I've done I, broadcast but, from those but, fairs but, with but, pigs. What I'll say is this dude, this dude had 16 points in 23 minutes played, 23 touches. Think about it. 23 touches. Listening to Legs on SVP last night. Legs said it. Greg Popovich, that offense, they didn't run any plays for Webb and Yama. They, they just allowed him to float. So all of the things that he got, they, they were on the periphery. They were, you know, being a secondary, a tertiary option. They were situations where he was getting rebounds and putbacks. It wasn't as if they were running plays for Wemby to be featured, which is scary. If, if they're going to just allow him the opportunity to figure it out in the flow, think about what happens once they start running set plays for him in half-court offenses. I, I mean, again, this guy is naturally gifted from an athleticism standpoint, but his skill set matches the athletic gifts. For as gifted physically as he is, he's that gifted skill-wise. And I think the combination of the two and on both ends of the court is what separates him from anything we've seen in the NBA. I'm anything. S- I'm smiling and laughing because basically what CC is saying is in his first game of his NBA career, he had 15 points, five rebounds, was all over the floor in the fourth quarter by accident while being in foul trouble. Yeah. Right, it's like now when he becomes like the guy, then what happens? So if I put the number combined at three and a half MVPs and titles during the course of his career, three and a half is your over under. You're going over or under for one. Minute. Over, over. Like I said, multiple titles, multiple MVPs. I'm going over. I'm going over too. Yeah. The only thing that I could see derailing his, you know, future Hall of Fame career is injury, and that's that's where the, you you look at the downside of somebody that's his size with that kind of athleticism, that type of explosiveness. Can he stay healthy? We haven't seen a lot of guys, you know, seven three, seven four, being able to stay healthy, have 15, 20-year careers. We just haven't seen it. I mean, Yao Ming didn't play, what, a decade in the NBA because of injury. So I guess that's the one thing that we have to look at and say maybe we temper our expectations a little bit because he may not have the longevity. But barring injury, there is no reason why he can't reach his ceiling and why he can't achieve the expectations that we all have set out there for. Question for you guys. Is LeBron James still the face of the NBA? Yes. And yes. Yes. And yes. Yes, 100%. Now, now, here's the thing. And this is where it gets interesting because you're asking it after one game. But I'm sitting there. I'm a huge Howard Stern fan. Love Howard Stern. Robin Quivers, part of Howard Stern's team forever. They're not sports fans. Robin, I heard the other day say, I'm now getting back into the NBA. And Howard said, why? She said, because I can't take my eyes off of Victor Wembanyama. Mm. Now, I'm sure she has felt that way about LeBron James. But you're getting the, the casual fan that may not watch all 82 games like us say, who's that? And I need to see more of that person. And I think, CC, that's where he can become the face of the NBA. But until proven otherwise, LeBron's still the face. Well, think about this. Uh, I mean, clearly he was the face of that game last night. And Luka Doncic is a guy that's been to a conference finals and had a 30-point triple-double. And all we're talking about is Webb and Yama. Think about it. It took Doncic and Kyrie Irving both having double-digit fourth quarters to beat the San Antonio Spurs last night. And Victor Webanyama only played 23 minutes. Now, he was 4-5 or five in that fourth quarter for nine points, and I think that's why it took a Herculean effort from the two stars from the Dallas Mavs, but that just goes to show you what his impact on the game is going to be. Like, the Dallas Mavericks are trying to win. They're considered a playoff team, even though they're a bottom-of-the-Western Conference playoff field type of squad. 
but Victor Webinyama is good enough that in less than half the minutes in the game played can have the kind of impact that can allow the Spurs to be competitive. And everybody's saying that this, this Spurs team, as constituted, is not going to win a lot of games. That's how special Victor Webinyama is. And again, the only thing that I can see derailing his career is injury. It's not going to be because of the coach. It's not because the organization is not going to put good players around him that complement the skill set. It's not going to be because of any character issues notwithstanding. It's going to be because of injuries. And if that's the case, then why shouldn't we dream about what Victor Webinyama can accomplish given the gifts that he's bringing to the NBA? Yeah, I expect him to be that LeBron-type face of the NBA because even though throughout LeBron's tenure there have been other superstars that have arisen, Steph, Kevin Durant, Giannis, etc., he's still there, and we're still looking at him as the standard in a lot of ways, and that's kind of what I expect Wemby to be. He might, might not be winning a championship every year. He might not be the MVP every year, but he's in the mix, and he is so great that he's setting a standard. By the way, he's played one game, <laughs> and I don't think that we're overreacting to the impact that he could potentially make in this league. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN app, Sirius XM80, and on your smart speaker. It's the Unsportsmanlike crew, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. And coming up, we'll find a lot about, out about, excuse me, one of the NFL's best teams without this quarterback even taking a snap. We'll get into that next. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM 80, and your smart speaker presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, with Michelle Smallman. Evan Cohen with you. Chris Canty left us again. Went to first take. I think I would just give myself a neck massage 
as we were coming back, but I don't know that people on the uh, TV or the ESPN app side saw that. I have a terrible neck issue, and I literally was sitting here like it looks like I was choking myself just now. What's going on with your neck? I don't know. I have problems. It's because we have to swivel from side to side Ooh, so much. When you we... think that's what it is? Well, it's kind of an unnatural movement, the way we turn from side to side constantly. It's like playing tennis, looking at one another. Oh, now you're on the tennis bandwagon. Now you're finally here. It's not that I dislike tennis. It's not that I dislike tennis. Uh, Let's bring in Cam, Bubba. Let's have the conversation here. We were just saying that golf is more fun to play than tennis because of the social aspect of that. You were saying that. Guys, would you rather play golf or tennis? I have never played golf. I would rather play tennis. Thank you, Cam. Cam, Bubba. Love Uh, mini golf, though. I'd probably say golf. We're really ringing have you played? Have Bubba. you played either? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I haven't played tennis in a really long time. Uh, I've most. Re- I've played golf most recently, so I guess I would just say that. And with the social aspect, I would probably say golf. But see, I wouldn't mind giving old tennis a, a go. It's hard to slug <laughs> beers when you're playing tennis. That's what I'm saying, Cam. See, that is exactly why for the Greeny audience getting to know us on Sportsmanlike Crew here on Greeny, the antisocial aspect of tennis is where I thrive. That is my. That is my playground. Talk to no one, be in competition with someone, and not have to smile? Where do you sign up for that? That's a dream come true for me. This idea of having fun and being with people, and I'm not a drinker, and oh, God, who wants that? It's so long all day, and you're schwitzing, but you're not actually working out. It's a horrible environment for me playing golf. So you just want to play tennis because you want to work out. Yes. And you want to have competition, and you don't want to have any friends. Yes, yes, and yes. Sounds miserable. So you're saying you don't like interacting with people and you're a sports talk radio host? Stunning, right? I know. I mean, really stunning. What I mean, a career choice. Yeah, I mean, really a stunning career. <laughs> I don't want to talk to anyone, yet I do it for four or five hours a day. No, but it's Sometimes all, six. It, Sometimes six. It's all, it's all with all the facade of like, oh, wow, you like, love talking to people all day. Yeah, when they can't see me, I can't see – well, they can see me now. We're, we're but, on television. Right, but I'm Breaking saying that, like, we're not sitting here face-to-face and like there are breaks – that's it. Like that, that's it. Like that's that's the part of this. It's an antisocial aspect of this that is better for me with tennis and with radio. To be honest with you. All right, uh, we're talking about the NFL here, and we on Unsportsmanlike, filling in for Greeny today, are huge Brock Purdy fans. Yes, we are. We are members of the Brock Purdy fan club. Founding but, members. Actually. Founding members. Good point. But unfortunately for us, Brock Pur- Purdy is under concussion protocol. Right yes. Now. And Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL insider, has put out there that no player so far this season, has ever gone into the protocol and then played the next week. So we are assuming this weekend that Brock Purdy will not play against the Cincinnati Bengals, and they will have Sam Darnold, their backup quarterback, as their starter. Dan Orlovsky, phenomenal ESPN NFL analyst, was on Get Up and NFL Live and discussed Sam Darnold playing this weekend. If he doesn't play, I do not expect them to skip a beat. I think they will be just fine with Sam Darnold. I have constantly believed that if Sam Darnold was placed on a team that was similar to San Francisco, he would play worthy of that top draft pick. This young man has been weathered. He's mentally been through it all. He's the most talented quarterback physically that Kyle Shanahan has had in that offense at least since Matt Ryan. So that's six or seven years. Out of all due respect to Brock Purdy, he's a really good player. This offense will be just fine with Sam Darnold. Smalls, this is where I'm nervous as the president or co-president of the uh, Brock Purdy fan club. I am nervous that this weekend, maybe possibly, the Niners win. And Sam Darnold plays well, or well enough. 
And then everyone goes to that place on Monday of, well, is Brock Purdy a system quarterback? Could anyone do that job? Actually, Sam Darnold did the job better than he did. And we are going to ignore the fact that this guy has basically was undefeated up until two weeks ago in the NFL as a starting quarterback. And I understand it's a small-ish sample size over two seasons, not even a full game, a full season's worth of games played. But Brock Purdy has been awesome. Brock Purdy was a legitimate MVP candidate. In the two losses to Cleveland and Minnesota that they had, Brock Purdy against Cleveland drove my uh, drove San Francisco downfield and had a game-winning field goal attempt that they missed. And against Minnesota, we now know he was basically someone that should have been in concussion protocol and could have been a little bit woozy and threw an interception or two late. So he really doesn't have many flaws at all. And now we're going to say Sam Darnold, who did not succeed with the Jets, and did not succeed with the Panthers, is going to be his equivalent? How? Well, first we have to see Sam Darnold do it for right. us as founding members of the Brock Purdy fan club to be upset about this or have you know some sort of concerns in any way. Also, if Sam Darnold does do it, I know people will say, oh, Brock is a system guy. Anybody can get in that system. Look at Sam Darnold did it without the full complement of weapons because some of their key pieces are dealing with injuries. I understand all that. But Evan, if you take your president hat off, for the Brock Purdy fan club and put on the press secretary hat. You just said everything that needed to be said about Brock Purdy. You just reinforce why we should not be nervous because would Sam Darnold have had the same results given the same sample size that Brock Purdy has had? That I don't know because Brock Purdy. Stop there. That's a great question. Smalls. Would Sam Darnold have had the exact same results as Brock Purdy in the games that they have played so far? Based on track record, the answer is no. Correct. Okay, keep going. Okay, so there, there's, uh, if we're doing tallies here, tally for the Brock Purdy fan club, right. right? Also, in the two games where Brock Purdy wasn't necessarily himself, you laid it out perfectly. He even, despite his not having his best outing, he put his team in a position to win. And then the following game, now we're realizing he may have been dealing with some after effects of a concussion and he might not have been his full self. So I think that we're actually in a great position to defend Brock Purdy and our stance as the founding members of the Brock Purdy fan club, even if Sam Darnold goes out and balls in his absence. So do you think it'll be a drop off this weekend? You know, I don't, I don't know if it will be because of Sam Darnold replacing Brock Purdy or if we do see some sort of a drop-off. It's because of the lack of, of complementary weapons on the offense. He has started 12 games in his career. The Niners in those games are 10-2. and two, Okay, In those games, he has 24 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. In what world are we looking at and saying that there's not any kind of drop-off? And I understand the counter is, well, Kyle Shanahan can get anybody to be successful in there. He's a brilliant offensive coach. He is. They drafted Trey Lance in the top five of the draft. They gave up three first-rounders to move up to number three to get him, and Trey Lance did not succeed. Injury, a part of it, did not succeed. Jimmy G was excellent in that system. I get it. He got hurt a bunch. They got to a Super Bowl. He was successful there. But there's an argument that, at least in the regular season, that Brock Purdy has been better than all of these guys. Yes. And so Sam Darnold has never played in Kyle Shanahan's system. He was with the Jets and the Panthers, and so I get that part of it. But you're talking about a quarterback on his third team, and we're asking him to play at that high of a level, a championship-caliber level? I, I don't know how we can say that, that he could do that. I, I'm, I'm fascinated. Listen, Orlovsky knows way more about quarterback play than I do. I was a failed high school quarterback. He played the NFL. I get it. I just don't understand how we're going to look at this and say there is no drop-off. Maybe people agree with this. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Do you assume there will be no drop-off this weekend? That Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold will be the exact 
Same for the San Francisco 49ers. We want to hear from you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Is there a chance we learn more about Purdy this weekend than we ever have because he doesn't play? If Sam Darnold succeeds, you mean? If he, or if he doesn't. We, I think we're going to learn more about Sam Darnold than we do Brock Purdy. I know we want to relate the two, but I, I think part of this, Evan, that colors this conversation is the yeah, but that surrounds Brock Purdy and, frankly, surrounds Sam Darnold. Because of Sam Darnold's pedigree, where he went to college, the success he had in college, where he was drafted, we look at him and say, well, it was a terrible situation with the Jets, and he, he then got moved to a bad situation in Carolina. But look at the skill set. If he's plugged in a place like San Francisco with those weapons, with the, with the stable environment, with a play caller like Kyle Shanahan, we might be able to see a different version of him because he's in a better position. And consequently, we look at Brock Purdy and we say, yeah, but... He was Mr. Irrelevant. We can't wrap our head around the fact that Brock Purdy might be better than his draft slot. We want to give the credit to everything else other than the guy who's getting the job done. We want to give the, just like we dismiss things, I think, with high draft picks, we want to give the credit to outside circumstances while not giving Brock Purdy the flowers that he deserves. I agree with you. And I I think that we are not giving him enough credit. I think assuming someone that has not, I I don't like saying Sam Darnold failed because it wasn't fully his fault but relative to the draft pick three overall with the Jets that was a failed pick he has not had the trajectory we expected no and and circumstances matter we get that but he was a the Jets cannot look back at that number three overall pick sorry Greeny I think he would agree with this but the Jets cannot look back at that number three overall pick and say boy we got that one right right they did not the Carolina Panthers cannot look back at that acquisition of Sam Darnold and say boy we got that one right they did not injuries matter I get all of that but now we are suggesting that this guy because of the system he's in with Kyle Shanahan, is just going to be as good of a, as a, a guy who had 24 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and the team was 10-2 and two in the games he played. And by the way, if he doesn't get hurt against the Eagles last year in the NFC Championship game, there's a chance they go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. Right. Yet we are now going to say that Sam Darnold is going to be the exact same and there will be no drop-off, Smalls? Come on. I think... Part of that is just our trust and belief in Kyle Shanahan and the system. He's had such great success. We, we always say it's kind of plug and play with the quarterback. Now, I know the Trey Lance situation didn't bear that out. But I think when, when we're talking about Sam Darnold being plugged in for Brock Purdy and there being no drop-off, it's not necessarily our belief in Sam Darnold's skill set, his abilities, so much as it, as it is our trust in Kyle Shanahan yeah, but I have a to extract the best out of him. I have a problem with that. In terms of the idea that a quarterback could ever be plug and play, I think is crazy. I think that like that takes away, and I know you're not saying that, but like right, the, no. the, the people that are saying, "Oh yeah, he's plug and play because he's Kyle Shanahan's guy," like that's ridiculous. That is, oh, is the system made for him? Yes, oh, we get that. The same way that that Tua, the system is made for Tua with Mike McDaniel. That's a compliment to Tua and a compliment to Mike McDaniel. That doesn't mean that every quarterback behind those guys is going to perform as well and I think again all of these conversations go back to the same exact thing is that we are seemingly never maybe ever going to give Brock Purdy enough credit unless he wins a Super Bowl and this guy has already exceeded expectations in a way that no one including his his parents probably could have ever imagined but don't you think by the way even if he does win the Super Bowl there'll be a big contingent of people that say yeah how great was that 49ers team that won the Super Bowl in 2023 they won 
one with Mr. Irrelevant as the quarterback. They still, I don't So he think has to become Brady. So he had, <laughs> basically what we're saying here is that unless he's Tom Brady, this guy is never going to get credit. Jeff in Arizona is on ESPN Radio on Greeny with Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen, Chris Canty. What's up, Jeff? Good morning, guys. Great topic, and I totally agree with both sides of this. People don't give Brock Purdy enough enough credit, but there will be a drop-off. One of the things that Purdy does is he processes information so quickly and gets that ball out very, very quick. There's going to be a drop-off there. Now, Shanahan is probably going to scheme it a little bit different because Darnold's got a bigger arm, and Darnold actually isn't fast, but he can get out of the pocket. So there is going to be a drop-off. You both hit the nail on the head. I'm a huge Brock Purdy fan, but anybody that thinks there's not going to be a drop-off is absolutely crazy. Keep up the great work, you guys. Thank you, Jeff. Like, there can, Sam Darnold, Dan Orlovsky could be a 1,000% right this weekend. Yeah. Right? Sam Darnold could look better in that system with that coach, with that team, than he's ever looked in his career and still not be as good as Brock Purdy. Like, both things can be true here. Gary in Jersey is on ESPN Radio. What's up, Gary? Hey, what's going on? This is Gary the Barber. Uh, yeah, I disagree with what they were saying. Um, I'm a Jeff fan, right? So we drafted Sam Darnold. And um, he never had – all he had was Robbie Anderson and Liz. But when he got traded to Carroll, he had D.J. Moore. And he was 4-0 that season until McCaffrey got hurt. And then they traded him. And then they traded everybody else on Carolina. So Sam Darnold has better, way better arm talent. He's definitely, definitely more mobile. And um, – he, he, he'll do better than uh, Brock Purdy, I think. So, I don't know that he's more he mobile. Has, he's Brock Purdy, back. Brock Purdy, wait a second. Brock Purdy had a great run the other night against Minnesota on Monday Night Football on ESPN, and that everybody was saying, like, whoa, we didn't know he had that in him. <laughs> there, there is some, and thanks for the call. I, I like Sam Darnold. I've interviewed him. I literally interviewed him with his parents standing right next to him. They couldn't have been nicer, like, really good guy and everything. But there, there seems to be some revisionist history here about Sam Darnold. Like, he was just some unbelievable player. Yeah, sure. The Jets weren't great and Carolina wasn't great, but I mean, look at his numbers. Do you think some of that might have a little Geno Smith residue on it? Like somebody that has kind of been down that road, went to a better organization, better system, better coach that could get more out of him and is now having success, where we want to believe it's possible for another guy in Sam Darnold that was a quote-unquote failed quarterback that was drafted high from the Jets? Sure, but I would say that Geno Smith, once he did not do well with the Jets, was really not like given many other opportunities. I think he started some games with the Giants. He was on the Chargers. I think everybody was stunned a year ago when he became the full-time starter in Seattle and was successful. Darnold was the Jets guy and then was the Panthers guy and is not a starting quarterback in this league. Like Anybody could have gotten him, and he went to a place at the time that had – Brock Purdy, who was unbelievable last year, and they still had Trey Lance at the time that they acquired him. Yeah. That's the place he signed with. I just think it, a lot of people might look at it as more of an indictment on what the situation was with the Jets at the time. Maybe. Martin in North Carolina on ESPN Radio. What's up, Martin? Hey, how you doing? Um, I'm not a fan of either the 49ers or the um, whatever. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Go Bills. But <laughs> I want to say that uh, Sam Darnold, when he was drafted, was toted as the most physically gifted quarterback out of that draft class ahead of Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, and he wound up going to the Jets, who Adam Gase was toted as an offensive mastermind and completely screwed up his development. And then when he fanned out in New York, he went to Carolina under Matt Rule, who was just as incompetent or even worse than Adam Gase. 
So now you have a quarterback who is physically talented and has a lot better arm talent than Brock Purdy does. Now he's going to a quarterback favorite coach with Kyle Shanahan, an offensive-minded genius, who will be able to utilize that better. Okay, so we, again, we're, we're running down that road of revisionist history. Is there any chance Sam Darnold's play contributed to Matt Rule's lack of success in Carolina? Is there any chance that Sam Darnold's play contributed to the lack of success with the Jets? Yes, but I think when we have someone who's had so much success in college and we understand that the physical tools are there and because of their success at the collegiate level and an NFL franchise's lack of success, it becomes an arranged marriage. And a lot of times these quarterbacks get ruined in a lot of ways because of bad coaching, instability, uh, the churn at the offensive coordinator position because of the lack of success. And I think there's a part of us, and I say us as in the royal us, as in sports fans, that want to believe that these guys still have it in them. And we want to see them be able to get in a good situation and have that success. And I I would not be surprised if a lot of people look at Sam Darnold and, like I was saying, want to point to the organizations he's been in and say, did they break him in some way? If he is paired with the right people, can we see a different version of him? He better be the best quarterback of all time on Sunday against the Bengals. <laughs> like that, that's what, he better be the greatest quarterback we have ever seen against the Bengals on a Sunday. All right. Uh, Cam is here. Bub is here. We have trivia, of course. Uh, Hembo not here today. Greeny not here today. So you guys have a trivia question for us. You're going to ask it, and we're going to see if we can answer it coming up, correct? That's right. Off of uh, Victor Wembanyama's debut, uh, they did not win. The Mavericks won. Luka Doncic recorded his 57th triple-double. That is third most by a player before turning 25 in NBA history. Who had the most triple-doubles before turning 25 in NBA history? We'll answer it on the other side of the break. Evan, take it away. I think I know the answer. I think I know the answer. Do you? I think so. But now I shouldn't. I, I overhyped it. This is terrible. Because now if I get it wrong, egg on face. Yeah, that'll be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a bubble. Bubba, we could play some audio of you. You want to talk about embarrassing here? I mean, come on now. I'm just saying. Coming up, we've reached the next evolution of <laughs> last time we were on. Get the audio. Get the audio from the last time we filled in. That's what we need with Bubba. Talk yeah, about embarrassing. The best moment of the show? Yeah. Good point. Bubba the star? You're tr- that's, that's true. I do love Bubba on the air. He's great. Coming up, we've reached the next evolution of is a hot dog a sandwich? Greeny on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. It is Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM 80. And on your smart speaker, the unsportsmanlike crew, 6A to 10A Eastern here on ESPN Radio. In for Greeny today, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty back from sparring with Orlovsky. Yeah, on man. first take about the topic we were just discussing <laughs> with uh, Sam Darnold, Brock Purdy, Evan Cohen but, as well. But, now, that, but that wasn't a big issue right there. Oh, that wasn't, that wasn't oh. what happened. No, at the top of the segment, the big homie Stephen A. let me have it. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he, he's frustrated that I don't keep a suit on standby at the seaport so I could come up and uphold the standard on first take. That's mm. becoming problematic now. So I was told to make sure that I have a suit down here on standby at the seaport at all times. 
Uh, us too, Smalls. You and I. Is that, that going to happen? Well, it's like all of us are on the show because I'm just going to steal your takes and yeah. use the best of it on first take. Good. Yeah, um, so first take when I'm on ends up being the best of on Sportsmanlike. That's like how that it. works. I like it. Uh, yeah. For those listening on the radio side, CC has a very nice kind of golf shirt. polo shirt today. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, on Beautiful our show, green. there was uh, uh, just all of a sudden the phone lines started were flooded. Not necessarily about a specific topic, other than CC had one button undone in the middle. <laughs> And yeah. I guess that somehow bothered people, which I don't understand. It did. That. It did. It was very problematic. And, I, and I, the only reason that it was undone is because I had to clip the little thing to hold my IFB in place for my the earpiece. earpiece thing, yeah. Exactly. So I had to undo it to get it under my shirt and clip it onto my undershirt. And I forgot to button all the other buttons up. Who knew that was such a I topic? Did, I didn't realize it was going to be that problematic for our show. Hey, did at least I? people are watching. All right. Now, <laughs> let's go back to Cam. We're all going to answer today's trivia question. Uh, CC Smalls, myself, Evan, and Bubba will all answer Cam's trivia question today. What do you got, Cam? All right. Canty's hearing this live for the first time, so uh, the pressure's on him. But it is Luka Doncic who recorded his 57th triple-double last night. That's third most all-time before turning 25. Who had the most triple-doubles before turning 25 in their career? All right, let's so, go ladies first. No, I thought we were doing it as a team because you said you already know the answer. No, I said I have my no, answer Individual guests. Individual. Oh, individual guys, no, I'm, I don't like trivia. I'm so well, bad. Well, a little late on that one. And you, agree, <laughs> right, about and you agreed to fill in for Greeny, and they do this a lot. In case you haven't heard, of this Hembo guy, yeah, he kind of likes this. Usually about 1800s baseball is what I mean, he does. I, I, I'd be better I guess, off there. I, I guess I have to go with all-time Laker great. I mean, the greatest Laker of all time. That would be Magic Johnson, right? Oh, I thought you were going to say D'Angelo Russell. Oh. Uh, wow. You okay. said no one so you, ever you about said Magic. Okay. He's, yeah, start, I'm going he's trying with to stir the pot. All Lock right. him in. We got a Magic. All right. Smalls? Mm. You want to go last? Yeah, yeah. I'll go last. Bubba? I'm going to go Jason Kidd. Very good one. Very good one. I was going to go chalk and say LeBron. That's what I was going to do. So I'll let you say okay, LeBron. Okay, I was going to say LeBron. Now, Oscar is the Oscar Robertson may be the one to go with, but I don't know that he did it so many so often so early. I'm going to go with an absolutely absurd one that is probably not right that Cam's not going to like, but here we go. I'm actually going to say Ben Simmons. Oh. Oh my I, goodness. Oh. That was a wild answer. Oh, period. All right, four different answers. That's not who I was going to go with, but I just came up with one. I was thinking of Westbrook, but yeah. All right, go you ahead. You went from LeBron James to Ben Simmons. Well, uh, Smalls took LeBron, so I had to think you can take We're any, talking about people you, to accomplish something at a young age, you can so double, it feels like yeah. LeBron's the right answer. You can double up. You can double no, up go if ahead. you want. Let's go. All right, the correct answer is... Magic Johnson, Mr. Laker, Hello. Mr. Canty. Let's go. Got it right. Second Let's place go. is Oscar Robertson. Luca is third. Man. Where is Ben Simmons on that list? Out of I don't have the full list, but okay. I can't imagine. It doesn't go down high. that far. I can't believe yeah. we're still talking about a guy. Well, that's this is in the back NBA. in the day, though. No, I got I, back in the day, Ben Simmons. How crazy does that sound? Yeah. But we're talking about a guy that's in the NBA that's afraid to shoot. That is wild to me. Well, uh, one of his teammates, by the way, Dennis Smith Jr., is not afraid of hot takes. Uh, He had this uh, earlier uh, on his Instagram. Take a listen. I believe a hot dog is not a sandwich, but it is a taco. I mean, think about it. You had some taco before, and then you got you got all the stuff in between, and then you got the bread on the outside, and it just looked the same. So I also figured that a hot dog is a taco. But would that mean that a sandwich is a taco? Absolutely not. What about a hamburger? A hamburger is a hamburger. You hear this, and you think this is crazy. Then you actually listen, take it all in, and I think he's onto something. I think the hot dog and the taco should be in the same category, more so than the hot dog and the sandwich, because it's open. Because of the, the mechanism? Ho- yes. 
The taco, if you think about it, is the tortilla, the, the taco, obviously, and it's open. It's like, you know, and there's stuff in it with nothing on top. Mm-hmm. Hot dog's the same thing. So there is, a, there is a thought process here that he's onto something. But why are we trying to make a hot dog a sandwich? Why are we trying to make a hot dog a taco? Can't we just let hot dogs be hot dogs? Can't they just be in their own category? Why are we trying to lump them in with one or the other? They are a singular food item. Yes, there's bread. Yes, there's a meat on the inside. They're different. Let's let hot dogs be hot dogs. I completely agree with you. And beyond that, the the hot dog and the The taco. The hot dog. We might be on to something. The hot dog. You know what? The hot dog. Wait, there's cronuts? We might might be on to something. Combining the taco and the hot dog. I have a friend that literally has a hot dog and a taco all the time. What? In the corn tortilla? Very odd. But he does it all the time. Yeah. Very odd. I could imagine the sensation of the crunch with the... uh, Maybe it could work. All I'm simply saying is this. The hot dog and the taco are not related. They're not no. close. So I don't understand how you could even compare the two. Like, I get what you're talking about, but the taco itself is the shell. Right. The hot dog is not the bun. The hot dog is what's in the bun. So, I mean, to me, the two things aren't even the same. Oh, you're yeah. saying because of how they're named. Exactly. And then, and then the versatility of the taco versus the hot dog, it's not even close. That's wait, interesting. wait, go on. Because as someone who has a wife from Chicago, you know that hot dogs can have a lot of Listen, and I, and, I, and I love Portillo's, but there, there's more me versatility too. in the way that you can... Work with the taco as opposed to the hot dog. There's more versatility in the taco. I stand by that. That's interesting because when you, when you say, oh, I'm going to get a taco, the next question from a friend is always what kind? When you say I'm going to get a hot dog. taco or hard taco, you mean? And what's in it? And when you say I'm going to get a hot dog, nobody says what kind. No, it's like, right, no, exactly. You know, get one, get a ta- exactly. A hot dog. Yeah. That's interesting. But I think that the whole point that Dennis Smith Jr. is bringing up here is that if we're going to try to classify the, the hot dog as something, it is probably more in line with the taco than it is the sandwich. And the sandwich, to me, has to have its clothes. Like, even if I were going to have a wrap, like, oh, I'm going to get a turkey wrap or whatever it is, that, to me, is different than a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Now, it's different than a taco and different than a hot dog. I think there's different categories of how you would go about this, and I'm getting really hungry here with lunch around the No corner, doubt, no uh, doubt. For us. But I, I think there are different categories, but if you had to combine the two, putting the hot dog in the taco category makes more sense than putting the hot dog in the sandwich category. I think he's right. I think he's right. Yeah, he might be on to something with that. But just like we give wraps their own designation, we're not saying, oh, a wrap's a sandwich because it's the same things on the inside. Nobody cares. It's a wrap. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like it's a wrap. It's a sandwich. But quite what? literally, you're wrapping it to make it. So it's like, it's, ver- it's, verb and, it's verb and noun. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why are we trying to make hot dogs conform to sandwiches or tacos? Let hot dogs live. Now, are you a hot dog? You guys eat hot dogs a lot you or better, no? I'm a baseball uh, fan. I'm, I'm, I'm you know me a hot dog. dog. Uh, mustard or ketchup on, on the hot dog? Well, I love a Chicago dog, which is blasphemy in St. Louis, yeah. but I love a Chicago dog. I go mustard on one side, ketchup on the other. Yeah. Oh, really? Is yeah. that what you do? No. Hell no. I it's didn't mu- think so. It's mustard only. Oh, yeah, maybe some sautéed onions. Go that route. Maybe if you want to get fancy, some chili on top of it. I yeah. could do that. Oh, a chili But dog. yeah, I'm not doing, hot, I'm not doing the, the, the mustard with the ketchup. No, 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 no. You no, haven't no. lived. That's a big no-no. Totally agree. No, no. More of a brat than a hot dog. Oh, that's good. Just going to put that out there. Coming up, one team's buyer's remorse might get even stronger this weekend. We explain next. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.